the way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. So what's your focus for 2024? Lose weight? Get in shape? Get a job? Or get someone else to do your job for you? Well, we've got plenty of articles that tell us what Israel's focus is for 2024. There's lots of people who like to watch other people playing poker on TV. So how about watching someone read tarot cards on live TV? We'll explain the insane as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, January 12th, 2024. Our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, can help explain the insane world of insurance products to find the right policy for your needs. For a no-obligation quote, you can call them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Do you, do you like to watch two guys talk about Bible prophecy? Then you're in luck. You can see the signs of the times anytime. You can hear us, see us, or share us. Ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question or subscribe to our podcast. When you visit thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times. Or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to ask, if a parsley farmer is sued, can they garnish his wages, is Pastor Mark. I'll let that sink in just for a moment. Okay, Pastor Mark, if regular cars have a new car smell, what do Teslas have? Um, well, you obviously you'd want to say new battery smell. I know that's not it. Elon Musk. Oh wow! So yeah, you got to get rid of that musky kind of. And I just thought, because we were talking about electric cars before the show, yes. so I thought, oh man, it's no, probably going to be, it's gonna, it, it'll be fresh on your brain, you were going to get the joke. Yeah, no, that's good. I got the joke, it was a good joke, and so, <laughs> a good start to the show. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, uh, we have an electrifying hour of Bible prophecy talk for yes, you. we do. But before we get into the articles, we are going to, and we, we want to be careful, we're, we're not the boy that cries wolf. Yes. But it is probably one of the most uh, well-worn prophecy chapters in all of the Bible, simply because we are living it out, and there's so many aspects to it, and that is in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and Pastor Mark wants to highlight for us a lot of the things that he sees coming to life 
from Matthew right now in our news headline. Well, it's really just one main one, oh, wait, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, there's so there's many other so things. There's so much in it, yes, that we can look at here. But, again, the, the thing that really jumped it to me, Greg, you're starting with a little bit of you – know, we don't want to overdo things on Matthew 24, as we said, where you hear it so much you don't pay attention. But we don't want to underdo it because you're watching Matthew 24 take place right now. Remember – and this is the verse I'll start with. It says um, in verse 8, speaking of Matthew 24, he says all these things that he's talking about, they're the beginning of birth pangs. So it talks about a woman in birth pangs, which means we're going to see these events happening, and they'll happen, they'll disappear, they'll happen, they'll disappear, et cetera, et cetera. They'll get stronger each time, you know, as far as that goes uh, with a birth pang, the way same, same way a birth pang, birth pang would do. Um, but the one right now that really just jumping out at me this week, I said, we've got to talk a little bit about it is in Matthew 24, uh, there in uh, verse six, when they asked him about what to be watching for in the last days, he said, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, several things to note. First of all, we are seeing a contraction right now of wars and rumors of war. Now, it's not just what's going on with Israel and Gaza. It's not just going on with, you know, um, uh, you know, the other countries. There are countries around the world right now we can point to that have wars going on. North it's, Korea, South Korea. Yes, it, but it's all happening here at once. Yes. These major countries are starting to pop up all at once. North Korea firing out in the ocean, you know, trying to cause trouble with South Korea. Of course, Russia and Gaza. Now they're talking about the rumors about Hezbollah and the rumors about China and in Taiwan. Taiwan yes. And he said you'll see wars and rumors of war. Now we see yesterday, for those of you who are keeping up with the international news, we saw like eight or nine nations, including the U.S., um, attacking the Houthi rebels there in Yemen. And again, who are these guys? They're another Iranian proxy. Their goal is to destroy Israel and destroy America, destroy Israel and destroy Christians, I would say, which is Israel and America. And they've been firing rockets, as you know, um, at our bases over there, as well as at the, the ships in the Red Sea. And they're shooting all these rockets on a regular basis. And, and really hindering the oil transportation and the oil trade. And so, again, when the world wouldn't usually care that much, when you start affecting the oil flow and what we need to function as a, as a world, they're going to take note. And we have just basically we've been sitting back allowing them to attack our bases, to attack the ships, and nobody's been doing anything. And finally it got to the point where they said, okay, that's it. We're going to come together and stop this nonsense. But the first real stopping of the nonsense happened yesterday, and that is there was an oil tanker that was taken um, by Iran. Literally, Iran's military, Greg, they flew in with a helicopter, landed on it, people got it. The Iranian military took over an oil tanker. It It wasn't even their proxies. It was the Iranian military. And so they take over this tanker. But they have all their proxies doing their dirty work, shooting all the little missiles and, and then escorting and following them, taking them to all these places. So finally, uh, the nations of the world said, all right, it's time to make a statement. And they went in and just, you know, pounded um, uh, certain sites where they've been shooting these rockets from there in Yemen and all this. And I think America, we had something like 60 uh, runs, sorties, if you will. Sorties, yeah. Uh, the other nations had their group of sorties they did between the seven, eight, nine uh, nations, however many that went. Germany was involved, Britain, us, others. Anyway, Amazing. I was watching a video I shared with you before the show started. I was yeah. watching this video of some of the bombs that we dropped. We dropped some massive I mean, they must be those Moab, uh, you know, the, they call them mother of all bombs, Moabs, they call them, because these things look like a nuclear device. They're not nuclear, but would they go off? And I would assume that's what this was. I mean, when, that, some guy was filming when one landed, and I mean, it was like this giant fireball that just stayed bright for a long time. And then when it cleared enough to where the fire kind of went down, we could see what was going on. There was a massive mushroom cloud. I mean, it looked almost like a nuclear weapon had just gone off. That's how, how ma- I was shocked at how big it was with it not being a nuclear weapon. So whatever we dropped, 
Whatever we did and the others did, we pounded them very, very severely. Now, of course, the Democrats are having a fit right now. You know, you can't do that. There was no congressional approval and all this. And, of course, President Biden attacked Trump for doing some of the same things. So now he's kind of getting attacked going, you're the same thing. You're doing the same thing he did. But now, look, I don't fall in president for doing what he feels he needs to do to protect the American people. So for me, I don't have an issue with it. But um, the point is, is that now we're seeing everything just escalate. And so now the Houthis have said, oh, you did that. Well, we're going to strike more. And if they do more, then we're going to have to do more. And so you've got this kind of they say they don't want it to expand, Greg, but you're going to have this tit for tat going on. And now you're seeing again the thing with North and South Korea, Israel and, and, and everybody else around them, all these other nations getting involved with the Houthi rebels um, and the, the wars and rumors of wars. We are watching them happen before our very eyes. I believe this is a Matthew 24 contraction on that verse. Just out of curiosity, Pastor Mark, and maybe for those that don't know, um, when we talk about the Houthi rebels and we talk about proxies yes. and we talk about Hezbollah and Hamas being proxies, exactly what ethnicity or people groups are we talking about? And not, not to get into Hamas and Hezbollah, we can do that later, but specifically about the Houthi rebels, uh, you know, where there's not the country of Houthan. Right. So <laughs> to be the Houthi rebels, so exactly where are they coming from? Where did they originate? That's a good question. Uh, the Houthi movement um, is uh, basically known as the um, officially known as Ansar Allah. Uh, they are supporters, which means supporters of God. Yeah. It's a Shia. They're the Shia Shias, Islam which, group. Which you have the Sunnis sense. and the Shias, and Egypt is Sunni, Saudi Arabia is Sunni, Shia is Iran, and all those, and, and they're the ones that are the more aggressive and yes. radical. That even the Sunnis, they fight the yeah. Sunnis, right? Yeah. Um, they're they're a, a Shia Islamist politically and militarily. Uh, they emerged from Yemen in the 1990s, okay. pre- predominantly made up of what's called the Zaidi Shias, uh, with their namesake um, leadership being drawn largely from the Houthi tribe. Under the leadership, I'm reading some of this article sure. for you. Under the yeah. leadership, the Zaida religious leader Hussan al-Houthi, uh, the Houthis emerged uh. as opposi- an opposition movement to the Yemen president al-Abdullah Salah, who they accused of corruption and being backed by Saudi Arabia and the United States. So these are the radicals. Shia versus Sunni. Yeah. It was the radicals who took over the existing government there. And now you've got all these. It's basically a terrorist group took over Yemen. They now run it. They call themselves the Houthis. And they're the radicals that want to kill all Jews and all Christians. And just they, yeah. just, they just threw themselves into this war. They weren't involved at all. Right. That's who we're dealing with with the Houthi rebels. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. Yes. As and so, the soap opera of the Middle East continues. Absolutely. And let me just say this as well. Now, as far as the wars and rumors of war. Here's what the, what God said now to um, the, the um, believers, and that is this. He goes on in that verse, and he says, see that you are not troubled. Mm. So those of you out there listening, and you see all these wars and rumors of wars and all these things happening that the Lord said would be happening you know, contractually. It's not like some kind of agreement, but by, uh, you know, by co- uh, like contractions. He said, don't be worried. Did he say why? Well, he said, do not be troubled. He said, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The reason why is the rest of the Bible explains God's in control. And, 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 and he even told his disciples, I'll tell you things in advance so that you'll know that I am he. And that is that mm. I'm the one sitting on the throne and that I'm the one in control. So we don't worry and panic because Jesus is on the throne and he's the one running the show. So that's why we don't panic. And we know that he's in control of all this. But remember, this is just, I think, another contraction, Greg, of watching 
all the world now turn against Israel. We'll get into some of the articles that we see yeah. some of that here in just a little bit. But I also want to touch on something else. Because I've said it, but I want our listeners to understand a little bit more, even politically, of how Israel works. I'm still hearing some of these false rumors that somehow Netanyahu told the military to stand down and allow this to happen because they say he's doing this for a second term. He's you talking about to find, for October 7th? Yes, yeah, October 7th. And he's saying he let it happen. That's for still a sec- it's, it's out there huge. It's out there huge. Really? But let me add, first of all, it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. We've covered it in detail. Yeah. We actually took the four a four series teaching that we're doing. We're going to rerunning on the radio broadcast here soon, mm. uh, just so that our listeners can listen to it again. But I want to bring up something you need to understand: the Israeli government is not like ours. Our president can say, "Stand down and let this happen." For example, President Biden told our our um, our border agents, "Stand down, let the immigrants come in. <laughs> Don't stop them." He did. He's he's directly the one that gave them the permission to allow the the uh, immigration problem we have. He just said, "Go ahead and cross the border." I, I don't know the full motives for this. They're now saying they're going to give them a right to vote, and I think that's probably the motive is they're trying to get more votes. And there's a lot of reasons that go with it. But now, so our president. Here's why Americans get confused. Our president has the power to tell the military to stand down. He's considered the commander-in-chief. It's not that way in Israel. Yes, Netanyahu is at the top of the food chain, but the, the prime minister does not talk directly to the military. He's not, he doesn't go to the military and give them commands. It is done through their secretary of defense in, in, in their counterpart of that. They is have that their, Gallant? Their, you know, no. that's, I do not know okay. right now what this, I think it may be Gallant, Greg, but I don't want to say for sure. But either way, okay. the leader of their military, if anybody told somebody to stand down, it would have been the leader of Israel's military. It would not have been uh, the pre, uh, prime minister because he, he doesn't do that. They don't communicate with the military directly. They go through all their commanders or whatever. And so uh, this whole thing that he contacted the military and told them to stand up, nonsense. Now, maybe the others, we, I don't know all the details, but if nobody told anybody to stand down, they didn't understand what was going on, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. And then when they did send their forces, they sent them the wrong direction. It was kind of like the perfect storm of errors and mistakes. So um, it was devastating. But don't listen to anybody that tells you that Israel did this on purpose. That is slanderous. It is wrong. It is absurd. And I just want to say again, the whole nation knows each other. They're one big family from 12 tribes. They have family all over the nation. It's the size of a state, right? So all of these members of these families are down on the southern border. You've got representatives from all the tribes and everybody down there. Had the government known they were going to do something politically to allow people to get slaughtered, which is absurd, so they could do whatever they want to do, um, they would have told their family. They would have told their friends, you would have seen, you would have seen a mini exodus from the southern border right before this happened. Cause they said, look, oh, we can't tell anybody, but you guys got to get out of there. They're going to be allowing these guys to come in. They're going to kill a lot of people. I don't want you guys to die. You're my family. Get out of there. I don't care if the government told them not to. They would have been making phone calls because right. all of us would have been doing that too. Yeah, sure. And there is no evidence that anyone knew anything and that anyone fled the southern border. It is absolute nonsense. It is just the enemy stirring people to bring more slander against the Jews and make it look like somehow Netanyahu's working with this whatever, I don't know, trying to get reelected. One world government. Look, maybe the leader, no doubt, the leader of Israel will be working to formulate a one world government and all this mess toward the end to some degree. But that doesn't mean, and, and again, we've already shown politically and even structurally, militarily, that he wasn't involved in this. It doesn't mean they would sacrifice their own people to be reelected, because that would be known, and they would probably put him to death. He'd be executed. Right. So it's nonsense, and just, again, ignore that stuff. If you hear it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, that's the difference between Israel and maybe like the United States. Um, I think, to a certain extent, and again, we... We know that Scripture tells us that 
those that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. Right. Which means that they a lot of a lot of them don't even realize they're under satanic influence. Correct. Correct. Not that they're worshiping Satan, nothing like that. This is a spiritual issue. Right. In that they make decisions that that somehow the enemy convinces them of are the right thing to do. Right. Maybe it's the noble thing to do, whatever. And and they some some a lot of them hate God and they don't even know it. Yeah. You know, and that's just the spiritual battle. But then you've got you've got people that are more of a globalist mindset and they don't want national pride. They don't want national sovereignty. And that is, again, by design of the enemy and what we see prophetically that's going to happen in terms of a one world government. You've got to tear down borders. Yep. Israel has no choice but to have borders and have unity because basically the whole world hates them with the exception of you know, those Christians that understand the Bible, right. and, you know, maybe a, f- a few others, you know, I don't know, but for the most part. So you've got that dynamic. So when you hear about why would a president allow the infiltration of foreigners to come in your land that degrades the society and the structure of our governance, we have to look past the political and a D or an R after someone's name and, and look at the P, yeah. and that's prophecy. Yeah. And all of this is prophetically uh, coming together because yeah. it's satanically influenced because we need a one-world government because right. God says that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and two, Greg, all this is coming into play uh, in a lot of Israel in opening their eyes again. Yes. Uh, there just was a group of Calvary Chapel pastors over there with Joel Rosenberg, and they got a chance to speak with some of the Knesset members or whatever, and mm. and, and they, they know we're their friends. That they, right. they don't have many friends left. They don't. And the walls are closing in. And they literally asked uh, the, uh, this Knesset member, at least one of maybe others, you know, who was not a believer in in Christ, um, could, can we pray with you? And he said yes. And he knew, and he let them pray in the name of Jesus and everything. He knew that. There's no. It's like, look, we, we we'll take all the help we can get right now. It's kind yeah. of the it's the whole thing. You know, right. no unbelievers in a foxhole. Yeah. Somebody on their deathbed. They're more willing to listen than at other times. But God is doing all of it to orchestrate getting their hearts ready to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the Jews be saved and the nation turn to Him and the Antichrist come on the scene and this whole thing just take off. So again, let not your heart be troubled, as the Lord said mm. here. Don't be troubled. Again, things are not falling apart. They're falling into place. And so God is leading the way, and we're watching it, and it's exciting days in which we live. This is the day we were created, so let's take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, that's a good word, Pastor Mark. Things are not falling apart. Things are falling into place. Amen. Amen. That's good. Somebody write that down, because that was really good. <laughs> it's out there all over the place, okay. by the way. I don't oh, come up it? with that. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Let's go to Israel, since we've been talking about her. Um, this is from Israel Hayom. This is, uh, article is dated January 7th, uh, a report that the U.S. is alarmed as Israel talks of expanding the war to Hezbollah. Yeah, and Greg, this Or may... is it Hezbollah? Yeah, well, either way. Hez- okay. Hezbollah, Hezbollah. I've heard Hezbollah. both ways. You know, it depends on the accent, I guess. But yes. yes, this is interesting because Israel is saying right now, um, they are, I believe, Greg, they are going to go into southern Lebanon, whereas Hezbollah is... Our listeners now that's make to sure, the north. Yeah, I want to make sure our listeners know who, what we're talking about. When we say Hezbollah, we're talking about actually Lebanon. Okay? Yes, but within Lebanon is another one of these Iranian proxies, those who serve Iran, uh, that are mingled in with the normal peoples that are there. The Lebanese. Yep. Yep. And uh, and and they're called Hezbollah, and that's what they believe. Um, they're they're a, a mil- another radical militant group, 
And Israel's already saying, look, we have to finish what's going on here in Gaza and, and rid this area of all these, you know, um, evil people down there. And then when we're done with that, we've got to move into southern Lebanon and take care of Hezbollah. So you're hearing everybody go, no, we've got to stop that. And the U.S. saying, no, we can't let that happen. And they're trying to get in the way of it happening. But Israel's already saying behind the scenes, and, you know, sometimes not so behind the scenes, we have to do this. So now you see U.S. alarmed. You know why they're alarmed? Because they've been hearing the talk. They know they're saying we're afraid it will expand. Let me tell you something. I believe it will expand. I think they're going to clear out both sides. And I think that's going to be what kind of uh, leads into maybe even this whole conversation of this world leader that will come on eventually and make peace with all the neighbors that are there because they're going to get rid of the, the radicals that are right on top of them. This is what it says. I'll quote this. And I quote, U.S. officials are concerned that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu may see an expanded fight in Lebanon as key to his political survival. The Washington Post says, now this is such a misrepresentation. Listen, guys, if you don't know how to read the news, I'm going to to give you some insight (laughs) here. All these media outlets are trying to present it in a political way to sway you to a certain mindset. This has nothing to do with his political survival. They're, They're acting like... He wants to go and attack Hezbollah so that he can remain prime minister of Israel. No, the truth of the matter is they want to attack Hezbollah so they can survive as a nation. This is the survival of a nation. Now, again, if he was to benefit from that, I don't know. But this is to save Israel. This is not to save his office. And I'll guarantee you this. If if Netanyahu was removed today, they will still go in, I believe, into southern Lebanon and take out Hezbollah. This is not about the next leader of the nation. Although men may use things certain ways, Israel now recognizes we have to survive. And on our borders are people that now not only want to kill us, they're doing it. And we're going to take action to stop them. President Joe Biden has directed his top aides to the Middle East to prevent a full-scale uh, war between Israel and Lebanon-based Hezbollah, the Washington Post reported. So now we talked about it. Uh, I don't know we talked about it last week because it started kicking in just in this last week. But President Biden is now actively trying to stop the war in Gaza as well as spreading to Hezbollah. Israel said, forget it. We're not going to stop the war in Gaza. He said, uh, you know, uh, President Biden sent Blinken over there to say, look, you need to back off of Gaza. And Israel said, no. We're not backing off of Gaza. And this is a shocker to America because usually Israel does everything America asks them to do. But this cut so deeply into their heart and into their psyche, this October 7th attack, they said, I don't care who tells us to stop. We're not stopping. We're going to go in and finish the job. And we're going to go in, into uh, uh, you know Lebanon and take care of Hezbollah. So now um, um, the U.S. is not only saying you've got to back off of all the things you're doing there in Gaza. Now they're saying we don't want you going into uh, southern Lebanon. Do you think, Pastor Mark, also another reason why Israel isn't listening is because this administration has demonstrated to the Israeli leadership that we are not their friends? Oh, I think that definitely is, is an influence. Which, which, me, which means the suggestions or the uh, recommendations or the demands yeah. that our government makes, however you want to couch them, yeah. you know, Israel would be suspect of the agenda or reason behind such verbiage. Yes. Yeah. Let me give you a kind of a two part answer. Okay. First of all, yes, there's no doubt that has an influence because they know now that we're not necessarily doing what's in their best interest. We're doing in what's our best interest in America. And they need a friend who's going to say, you need to do what's in your best interest. So yes, I think there's a loss of trust. And so therefore they're not going to listen as readily as they would. But even if they completely trusted us, Israel would still say, sorry, right. no can do, 
were taken out of Hamas. It wasn't your southern border and your wives and children raped and, and your babies still being ovens. raped. Those girls are being raped every day. The report came out today. They're holding. They're raping them daily because one girl that got out said every day they go and rape them. And they're little teenagers. I know. They're raping them every day. The ones they, they raped, again, they raped, they killed, they murdered. They, 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 it's, it, it's horrible. It's still going on. And so for us to say, you know what, back off, no way. No way, no way. I would say no way. We're going to finish this, and we're going to find those people, and if they don't let our girls go and everybody else, we're wiping them out as well because this is just its so evil, and, and it's got to be met with in the judgment uh, that God would bring. And so this is it's, it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, the article goes on. The report comes as Israeli officials have voiced their readiness to step up the hostilities with Hezbollah um, shall should the security require it. And again, I think it will. And I quote, we prefer the path of an agreed upon diplomatic set- settlement. That is, you guys surrender, basically. But we're getting close to the point where the hourglass will turn over. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, yes, the Defense Minister is Yoav Gallant, uh, said on Friday, we asked that question earlier. Yes. Additionally, Netanyahu earlier on Thursday said this, and I quote, we are we are resolute, and they are. We are resolute in bringing about fundamental change along our border with Lebanon, not just Gaza, with Lebanon, ensuring our citizens' safety and restoring peace to the northern region. Now, so what they're saying is, we're not going to let this happen up there. We're not going to let it happen down there. It can't happen up here like it did down there. We're going to do what we have to do. Greg, there is an overall sadness among the people of Israel right now. Those oh, yeah. that just came back said you can, it's palpable. It's mourning. And, yes, and they're going to stand firm on this. And he goes, no, we're resolute. We're going to do this. It's, it, we're going to change the border. We're going to ensure the uh, citizens. And again, this whole thing of peace and safety keeps coming up. Now, that doesn't mean this is specifically the peace and safety that it prophesies in Scripture. But it does have me thinking that maybe... It's going to be the removal of these radicals on their borders that is that going to they bring, will feel that that they're going to bring forth that prophecy and say, finally, we have peace and safety. And remember, then sudden the Antichrist will make an agreement. And then right after he makes the agreement, sudden destruction comes upon them. Yeah, exactly. So that could be Israel making that statement and not just the world. However, though, the peace and safety that they're talking about, we're linking to this current um, military effort. To eradicate the enemy south and north but yet we we need to talk about at least i think we do ezekiel 38 and 39 in that yeah which which could also be could that not also be the sudden destruction or is, is scripture really clear on because there's lots of things here there's there's the antichrist in the middle of the tribulation period right. sudden destruction the time of jacob's trouble right then there's a, the, the battle of ezekiel right how do you how do you discern that? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg, because we can't really nail that down. We okay. can't say which event or which thing that it is because the Bible doesn't tell us. What my point was is is this is those headwinds. Sure. This is laying the groundwork for Israel to be involved in the peace and safety movement. And if and if Israel has peace and safety and some agreements made, the rest of the world would say peace and safety. Mm. And it might be again. That whole point, when the Antichrist, right before he comes in, you have Ezekiel 38 and 39, that battle comes down, now you've dealt with their borders, now you've dealt with the radicals coming from the north, and now finally the world with Israel can say, peace and safety, and then after three and a half years, sudden destruction sudden. comes upon them, again, the time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. So I think it's very possible, yes. Wow. Yep. All right, our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from Reuters, dated January 8th. Israel shifts to deadlier strikes on Iran-linked targets now in Syria. Yeah. So now we've talked about 
the the stuff going on, the wars and rumors of wars down there in the Red Sea area. We've got uh, Gaza going on. We've got Hezbollah in Lebanon now yeah. shift just east of that. Yeah. And now we're in to Syria. Yeah. And I don't know how much of this we can actually trust or not coming out of Reuters. I do know there are more attacks and okay. they are deadly. But let me give this a balance. If sure. you read the entire article, they paint it. Remember, you got you got to know how to read the media. Yes. They paint it as though Israel now is indiscriminately bombing anybody, and they don't care about the casualties in these areas. And that's why they're saying they're doing deadlier strikes deadlier or strikes, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, whereas knowing Israel, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, however, the thing that we can hold on to this true is, yeah, these are deadlier strikes. I think they're using more powerful weaponry. They're being more bold about taking these guys out because they're protecting their citizens. It says Israel is carrying out an unprecedented wave of deadly strikes in Syria. So now on their northern border, sorry, they're kind of actually their their eastern border, northeastern, targeting cargo trucks, infrastructure, and people involved in Iran's weapons lifeline to its proxies in the region. Six sources with direct knowledge of the Mediterranean rotor. So they see them bringing all these weapons in, and they're going kaboom, 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 kaboom. We can't blame them. Yeah. You know, and, and let's go back to something that you talked. Well, go ahead and finish the article. Yeah, we'll I'm talk almost about done. Yes. Although Israel has struck Iran-linked targets in Syria for years, including areas where Lebanese uh, armed group Hezbollah has been active, it is now unleashing deadlier and more frequent air raids against Iranian arms transfers and air defense systems in Syria, the sources said. So, yeah, they're, they're ramping it up, and they're saying, we're taking you out. But I guarantee you this. Look, no doubt they're hitting harder, stronger, bigger, etc. But there's no way that the Israeli military is abandoning their discernment on how they do it, because not only are they a moral army in that sense, but they know what they're going to get from the world if they don't. So again, whenever you read these Reuters articles, you read these media, you got to sift through that and realize it's coming through a, through uh, you know lenses that are, are anti-Israel, and you've got to know Israel and the way their military conducts themselves. Real quick point before we go on to your discussion, Greg. Yeah. Even just today, I was watching a video that came out of the attacks they're doing there in Gaza. And one of the pilots called in to um, the, the commander and said, we've got the target, but it looks like there's some kids on a soccer field. He said, abort mission, abort mission, abort mission. So they, they rather than just take the target out, they wanted to take out because kids were there and they weren't sure. They thought it could be kids. They, they, they just stopped the whole strike. Now, they can go back later and do it. But the point is, they don't indiscriminately just drop the bomb when they see a site. They try to find out. Are there those there that we don't want to get hurt? Then we'll abort this thing. That's the kind of army we're dealing with. Israel is very meticulous, and they do it the right way. Uh, Let's tie that back to the accusations that somehow Netanyahu allowed the attack on October 7th. Right. Uh, When we take a look at the Mossad, which is Israel's version of the CIA, Right. um, they're the best. They're just flat out the best. Yeah, they really are. They, when you talk about cloak and dagger, when you talk about James Bond, when you talk about the ability to infiltrate an enemy for reconnaissance to get information, I, I don't, I don't know who's better. I mean, honestly, just this the, week, Greg in Lebanon, keep your train of thought. Yeah, a car that had one of the main leaders of the guys, a car right in the middle of Lebanon blew up. And they all know it was Israel. They got a bomb under that car, put it in place, and detonated it right in the heart of their, where, where they are, their commanders. Right. So, how do they do that? I mean, it's unreal. But well, no. so now, now and, and who knows how big the Mossad network is. Right. But all that to say is this. Regarding accusations of indiscriminate bombing in Syria, I don't believe it for a minute. Nope. Because, because first of all, time, resources, manpower, arsenal, weaponry, 
that that's all value those are all valuable things you do not waste it yeah you know shooting like a 12 gauge shotgun right this is sniper specific yeah. attacks furthermore the Mossad is so big that if the Mossad was aware of what was going to happen on October 7th and someone of power in government said ignore it don't you think by now that that information would oh, get yeah. leaked out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Greg, just to emphasize that, there are so many uh, uh, liberal that are non-conservative on the other side that would want, that would want to bury Netanyahu politically. Exactly, it would be all over the newspapers, it, all over them. Exactly. So we have to look at October seventh in a much larger picture. In that, God put hands over eyes. That's right. In a spiritual sense. Yeah. And for whatever his purposes are, and listen, his ways are not our ways. The Bible says they they are beyond finding out. So don't even waste your energy yeah. trying to figure it out. Just yeah. trust him. Yeah. Even though it's so hard. And, and, and let me remind yeah. our listeners how that happened, because you're yeah. right, Greg. I think there was a blinding where God allowed it to happen, but also there was a very organized military event where they had a I think some 150 cameras down that where they crossed yes. and they had 150 snipers on synchronization take out those cameras they had russian made especially russian yeah. made uh, drones, drones that are more effective with bombs that dropped on those all the outposts to take out their communications so what happened was in one moment it went dark that whole thing went dark until so military were looking and go hey we just went dark we lost power and then went, they know they they took it out they didn't know that it was taken out by the time they figured it out they were across the border and doing the damage so it was a well organized and that's why they say look there's no way that Hamas could have done this. Russia had to be involved, and others, Iran, and all this, telling them how to do it, planning it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and so knowing how good uh, the Mossad is, you know that this was a God-allowed, ordained, whatever, permitted thing yeah. that happened. Yeah, So anyway. absolutely. All right, our next article comes from Fox News. Blinken delivers Arab message to Israel. Here it is. Yes. Acceptance requires Palestinian state. Yeah. See, what's happening is we're budding up now to, again, the um, um, those that are the opponents to Israel, if you will, Greg. And uh, th- what the Arabs do is they need to see strength. And what they're seeing now, they're seeing America blinking. <laughs> you know what? That is fantastic. That's because that's exactly what they're seeing. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is blinking. Told Israeli leaders on Tuesday, the Jewish state's Arab neighbors may yet accept Israel if they can establish a viable Palestinian state. Now, I'm going to read more of this article, but let me say this. Not going to happen. It is not going to happen anytime soon. Now, it may down the road, but I can tell you right now, Greg, I know the heartbeat of what's going on in the nation of Israel. It is not going to happen. They will not even discuss a two-state solution right now because let me explain what a two-state solution means. To us in America... It simply means, all right, you give the Palestinians a place they can live, Israel a place they can live. You've got to understand, the Palestinians surrounding Israel that they're wanting to make this other state with just revealed themselves as mass murderers of the Jewish people. And here's what makes it even more interesting. As they're going into Gaza and going house to house to house, in some, I think they said close to 80% of the houses have books that are anti-Israel, pro-Hitler, destroy the Jews, which means this. They're not innocent. People are saying the innocent civilians of Gaza. There's probably some, but about 80% of what the military is finding in the homes is they are right in lockstep with Hamas. They're in full agreement with Hamas. It is 80% of Gaza is what they're finding is, hey, it wants to annihilate the Jews as a people group. 
So when they were shocked to find that out. So what you're seeing is a people group that has at this point proof that about 80% of them want to wipe you out, not just Hamas, but even the what the, who they're calling the civilians. You want us to give them their own state, a nation, right next to us and give them rights and a border and not worry about it? No way on earth. We will not agree to this. So I'm telling you right now, Blinken can go over there and keep blinking all he wants, and the president can send over who he wants to, to send over there. Israel's going to say, not doing it. We're not going to stop our war in Gaza, and we're not going to have a secondary state. That's going to make America and the rest of the world just yeah. more and more furious and make them hate them. But, Greg, they're not going to do it now. Yeah. I do believe the land's going to be divided up. It already is divided up. So that may be what the Bible's talking about in Joel chapter 3. But it says in Joel 3, the land will be divided. So it's either already happened or it'll be divided up more, if you will, in the last days. So there may still yet be some dividing. There may still yet down the road be something. Maybe the Antichrist introduces a solution for a Palestinian state that the Israel agrees to because they've, they've cleared out the radicals. And now it's set up in such a way they're all safe. I don't know. But my point is this. It, this conversation here goes nowhere at this moment. They're not even going to talk about it. But here, the top U.S. diplomat spoke with the Israeli war cabinet after several days of talks in Arab states, including Jordan Cutter, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia. The message Arab leaders had for Israel delivered by Blinken was the uh, that in integration with the rest of the Middle East is only possible if the war in Gaza ends and, and the Palestinian people are granted a viable path to statehood. Again, not going to happen. Sorry, Blinken. Blinken had already said that he would press Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government on the absolute imperative, look at this, absolute imperative to do more to protect Gaza civilians. They are protecting them, and now they know 80% of them want to kill them and to allow humanitarian aid to reach them. Here's what kills me about the humanitarian aid. Look, I want the innocent people to have food and water and gas and all that. But Hamas, we know they just they keep doing it. They're stealing all of it. They're they're supplying their military. And by the way, their leaders, the remaining leaders they have, Greg, they're hiding underground in the tunnels that have not yet been destroyed. That are under like international hospitals, like the Indian Hospital, and some of these others. So Israel can't destroy those at this point yet. So they're hiding down there. The only way those tunnels can function is guess what? The gas that's coming in across the border that America's pushing them to allow them to give them and all the humanitarian aid. If they shut that off, it would starve out those rats and they'd come to the surface. So we are prolonging this, this, yeah. this whole thing, if you will. Um, anyway, he says his boss, President Joe Biden, said overnight that Washington was quietly pushing Israel to begin withdrawal, withdrawing some of its forces. Now, let me just say this again. I talked about the Hamas leadership being those, you know, the scurrying rats down there, not the people and not the innocent civilians and not anybody that's innocent. Look, all the innocents should be protected. It's just hard anymore to separate Good the innocent. discerning that. Yeah. It's hard to separate them because yeah. the majority of them are pro-Hamas. They're right in line with them, and they want to kill all the Jews as well. They celebrate still when they shoot rockets in. It's not. It, this is such a different war than other wars you, than you've seen. And but a different spirit behind it. It reminds me of Canaan, where God, yeah. you know, the, the Canaanites were all in lockstep, and God had to take care of them. I'm telling you, the, the majority of those in Gaza are, are, are anti-God, they're anti-Israel, and they're wanting to wipe out... Uh, Jews, Christians, and anyone else they can destroy. And so this whole thing here where our government's saying you need to go in there and let them do this, they're not going to listen to them. And I don't care how much the president pushes them to withdraw what they're doing and stop what they're doing. It's not going to happen. I'm just telling you. Not yet anyway. Yeah. JNS.org, Gallant tells Blinken we ain't a Biden. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah. because your the, president's a Biden, but we're not right. a Biden. We're not a Biden. <laughs> uh, the IDF is going to intensify their efforts in southern Gaza operations and changing their tactics in the north. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, th- there are repositioning here. Notice the Washington Post cited a senior U.S. official as saying that Israel has already withdrawn several thousand troops from northern Gaza. Uh, again, th- I could see them doing that because they're as they conquer areas, they're moving on in different ways. He says Israel will, and I quote, intensify and continue its military operation in the southern Gaza Strip. So we're, we're not leaving just because we've shifted our, our forces. We've dealt with it here. We're moving to, to go with the others that want to kill us in a different area until the Hamas leadership is found and the more than 120 hostages still held by the terrorist group are returned to the Jewish state, Defense Minister, Defense Minister Gallant told the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken in Tel Aviv on Tuesday. During their meeting held at the Kira military headquarters, Gallant also briefed the American diplomat on changes in combat tactics in the northern area of the Gaza Strip, according to a Defense Ministry statement. And I quote, We are determined. Note this, and when they say this, they mean it. We are determined to complete the war goals and strengthen regional stability in the Middle East by dismantling Hamas in the south and changing the security situation in the north, he added. The latter a reference to the ongoing attacks by the Iranian-backed Hezbollah from Lebanon. So here we go again. We're not only going to dismantle Hamas, but notice this. He says, we are also, we have our eye on Hezbollah. So I'm telling you, I really believe that once you see them dealt with in Gaza, Greg, we're going to see some more Israeli military activity in southern Lebanon. Uh now, this article, Pastor Mark, is dated January 9th, so I'm just going to ask this because you're watching the news almost 24-7. Yes. Sinwar, <laughs> uh, uh, the mastermind uh, from Hamas behind the October 7th attacks, right. they know where he's at. Yes. But they feel he's he's so shielded with, with human uh, hostages. Yeah, he's got the civilians around so, him and all these, yeah. So nothing's changed. I just want to make sure and, uh, get, to try to get an update if there is one to get that there is there nothing has changed as far as them being able to take him out. Not yet, but okay. I mean, but eventually, Greg, they will be able to totally surround, take over, and corner him. Where again, uh, you know, that he is going to be taken out. They're going to get him. Okay. All right, let's go to America for a couple of articles here. The first one is from the Christian Post. This is dated January eighth. An ex-psychic says that Fox News has pushed a demonic agenda with tarot cards. Yeah. Please explain. Yeah, let's, first of all, what is a tarot card? Make sure our listeners know. Tarot, yeah. um, first known as a triophin, uh, triumphi, if you will, later called uh, Tarachi or Tarox, is a pack of playing cards used uh, from at least the mid-15th century in various parts of Europe to play card games. Uh, and from their Italian roots, tarot playing cards spread to most of Europe, evolving into family of games, blah, blah, blah. It goes down this whole kind of thing, originally, whatever. Uh, but again, like common playing cards, they have four suits that vary by region. Um, and the king, they have a, 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 a king, queen, a knight, and uh, Jack Knave or Page, as they say it. 
and they're used uh, throughout Europe in these countries again to predict the future and predict people's uh, you know um, you do a tarot card reading it's kind of like if you went to somebody and they, they read the crystal ball or whatever to know your future to know what's going to happen it is demonic it is spiritual uh, they are evil we should have a Christian should have nothing to do with tarot cards uh, they are demonic and again the demonic realm speaks through them and leads through them so what's shocking about this is is you have on the Fox News um, you have they're bringing tarot cards on there and doing a reading live am I not correct there yes a live yeah, on the air yes yeah doing a reading live and then and talk let me read some of this a former yeah. psychic who repented of occult practices after turning to G, uh, turning to Jesus Christ warned that Fox News Jesse Waters did this yeah uh, potentially opened up their viewers to demonic activity by airing an act of divination during a prime time last week. So Jesse Waters has somebody come on there and do witchcraft live on the show. I just, I, again, I, you know, we know that Fox News is going, you know, down, going this, down the, yeah. yeah, down the tubes. But I mean, at the same time, and, and Jesse Waters, you know, again, not exactly the, the bastion of, of morality and all that. But the point is, this is like a new level. It's almost like having, you know, your, 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 your psychic on there, which, and they do that all the time on I other know. stations, or your crystal ball. You might have Madam Day wearing a little hat or whatever, you know, this kind of thing. It says the deception of putting something that seems good out there while pushing a demonic agenda is heartbreaking. Jen Niza told the Christian Post. Niza, an author and podcaster who runs XpsychicSaved.com and has written about how dabbling with tarot cards as, as a young teenager ultimately led her deeply into occultism. She said she found it completely alarming when Fox News host Jesse Waters invited a medium, um, as I guess we said, they had no larges and smalls, on his show <laughs> last week to discern the country's political future using tarot cards. Now, Greg, here's the thing. I want our listeners to know this, and moms out there and dads to know. Yes. Listen, tarot cards and Ouija, Ouija boards, boards, they yes. are not harmless. There's real power there, Pastor. There Burles. is real a real demonic connection. Demonic, How yeah. it works, I don't fully understand. But there is real power. There's a real demonic influence. I remember, I never messed with tarot cards, but I remember uh, Ouija board when I was a kid. Yes. And we as kids, you know, we got one somehow. I don't know if our mom and dad bought we us one too. or how we got it. Yeah. And I remember doing that thing, and it literally was spell words that it wasn't like we weren't trying to make it do it. Uh, we weren't smart enough to know what words even to spell out, but it would spell these words out and give messages. And I look back now, Greg, it was, we knew, we might, we knew it was supernatural. We knew this is something beyond us right now doing this. And it would spell these things out. And now, of course, now I've gotten saved. I can look back and realize this was demonic. Yeah. And so I want moms and dads to know, look, this is demonism. There is something in the, in the way that it's done. Okay. The way that it's done. God allows I, I, I these demon spirits to have access I, and do it. I don't understand what it is, but it's just the card and the way it's written and done, the the board, the way that the Ouija board is done. Um, it's it's a lot like yoga and those things. Mm-hmm. There's something in the way that you do these. It's not just you know stretching or this that or, or hands on a cardboard or setting cards out. There is a method that because of its origin was built on a connection to the to the spirit realm you know it, you know yoga comes out of hinduism in india and of course tarot cards and and ouija boards they come out of uh, just direct d- demonism whatever and we saw some of the background there it opens a door how it opens that door i don't know and there is a connection there that can lead people down a wrong path and a wrong direction be warned of these things take them seriously they are not harmless there's some real harm that can be done by them yeah all right, Pastor Mark, our last article here for America, one of your favorite news outlets again. Reuters 
Dated January 5th, Iraq prepares to close down a U.S.-led coalition's mission. Please explain. Yeah, you know, this is interesting here. Um, I kind of listed this under Daniel chapter 2 and the Ten Toes because there is, mm. you look at it and go, prophetically, where could this fit in? But remember, um, let me read some of it, and then we'll talk about it. The Iraqi government is beginning to the process to remove the U.S.-led international military coalition from the country. Prime Minister Mohammed Shia al-Sudani's office said on Friday... The U.S. has 900 troops in Syria and 2,500 in Iraq, so a very small contingent that's there, but they're still there. On a mission, it says, advises and assists local forces trying to prevent a resurgence of Islamic State. We're basically there to keep it from turning back into radical Islam, which in 2014 seized large parts of both countries before being defeated. Sudani's statement came a day after a U.S. strike killed a militia leader in Baghdad, prompting anger among Iran-aligned groups, which demanded that the government end the presence in the coalition of Iraq. Now, these um, Muslim-led entities have wanted America out for a long time, and so when there's somebody that's taken out and and our forces are there that can do it and have done it, that gives them all the more reason to want to push them out of there and get rid of them. But why is this key to me when you look at Daniel and and chapter 2 and the Ten Toes? Remember that we see the image there in Daniel 2 prophetically of the last days. You have the head of gold, the chest of of, of silver, then you have the bronze moving on down, uh, bronze and brass down to the legs and all that, iron, iron and brass, uh, greater metals down to lesser. And you get to the end where you have the ten toes that are partly iron and partly clay. And the, the, the angel reveals to us there, and as the prophecy is revealed, that these are ten, uh, kings that will become, and these ten kings I think will be literal leaders of these, of these either nations or regions. We'll have to find out. Um, but they're gonna be, again, breaking the world up in these regions and have these leaders over them. And as long as America still has its toes in everybody's business, <laughs> Then, then this can't really happen as well. So I think what you're going to start seeing is kind of a retraction, a pulling back of America's tentacles all around the world. You're going to see them not only pushed out of Iraq, which is what this is about, but other areas as we get weaker and weaker, we're going to kind of, kind of pull back in to you know, protect ourselves and not have the influence we've had worldwide. Everybody will break up into regions or whatever, and you're going to see these, this formulation of these ten kings coming into power. I believe this kind of thing is part of that, Greg. This is the part where you're now seeing the influence of the worldwide influence of America getting less and less as we get ready for the regional breakup and the division and equalization of power around the globe with these ten kings. You know, uh, it's interesting. You saw Britain pull back and become you know very weak as they kind of got weaker and turned away from God. Now America turned away from God. We're pulling back and getting weaker, if, if you will. Look, we had all these giant... Uh, um, used to, when we sent our aircraft carrier units somewhere, everybody backed down and was afraid. We sent our aircraft carrier units over there, and they started attacking all of our bases and attacking people in the Red Sea. They don't fear us anymore. We can say, look, you may have equipment, but you don't have anybody that's willing to pull the trigger. So we're not afraid of you. You're weak. Your leadership is weak. We're going to do what we want. Forget your stuff. And even our stuff, you know, I don't know. It's like, it, it, it just, there's a change. The fear of America is not there like it used to be. And so I think you're going to see that fear lessening more and more over time, backing up more and more, as we said. And I believe this right here, Greg, is a part of that. As you see these, um, uh, basically, you're going to see the U.S. military becoming less influential and less um, noticeable and, and, and resident around the globe. Okay. Sure, sure, we can do that. All right, this is from ABC News. Uh, North Korea again fires near the sea border with the South as its leader's sister 
mock soul. So yeah. the family is getting in on this. Well, again, you got to remember North Korea. You have you have um, um, you, you Kim Jong uh, Un, and you have um, uh, the his sister. They're kind of uh, vying for power, and they both have power. And if he's gone, she takes over. She is mean. I she mean, is. she is mean, and you don't want to. I mean, these are the kind of people that just kill you for no reason. They strap their people yes. to rockets and shoot them off and yeah. stuff. I mean, these are evil, evil people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they don't care that what's the only thing that holds them at bay is power. Yeah. Cause they don't, people can destroy them, but now they see how weak we are and you're seeing more of this aggression coming out, wanting to go and attack, if you will. And so notice this South Korea, uh, out of South Korea, um, North Korea again, fired artillery shells near its tent sea boundary with the South on Sunday as the influential sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un mocked the South's ability to detect its weapon launches. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff dismissed Kim Yo-yong's statement as a comedy-like vulgar propaganda. So they're kind of mocking back at her, uh, meant to undermine uh, the South's uh, South or undermining their chief of staff, if you will, uh, mocking the chief of staff, meant to undermine the South Korean people's trust in the military and to stoke division. So again, here it is, Greg. We talked about wars and rumors of wars. This is this tension that's building, not just in one area. It's worldwide. We're watching it worldwide. And again, it's interesting to see um, in that region over there, the only the only ones that have a soul is Seoul, Korea, because the North certainly doesn't at this point. And let me say that there are people there who do know the Lord within North Korea, and there are truly innocent civilians in North Korea, just like there are in Gaza. Yeah. There are just not a lot of them. And so it's a mess over there, but it's more goes right in line of where we are. And I believe a current contraction, a current contraction of Matthew 24 we're watching take place right now before our eyes. Yeah, and I think the weakness that you talked about uh, how the U.S. is viewed in the eyes of the world, and really because of our actions or lack thereof, yeah. has really uh, you know, emboldened uh, these rogue leaders yep. in these countries to go after whomever they want to go after. You're right. See, that's the thing. Remember, bad guys only hold back when force makes them. And darkness you, and light. Yes, and as you allow darkness to move forward, it will move forward. Yeah. And that's what's happening around the world because we used to be used as a nation to block that darkness. Yeah. And now we're not. And yeah. so darkness is moving forward with boldness. It is these are not good days. But for yeah. the believer, God's going to protect. We talked yeah. about that. Uh I'd like to bring up the uh, tarot card article sure. uh, uh again. And and really whether it's tarot card or Ouija board or uh you know, reading, you know, like palm reading, whatever you, you want to say. Can we look at the spiritual aspect of this in that people that are going to read a Ouija board or get their tarot cards read are, first of all, they're looking for answers. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they have, they, they want to believe. So there's a faith element to what's happening here and they're putting their faith in the wrong things yep. or the wrong people or yep. the wrong movement. So maybe we can talk about that. And how, how do you see that, Pastor Mark, uh, you know, increasing in the end times with all the other stuff going, how you can see Satan using such tactics yeah. and then really talk about where we really need to put our faith. No, that's a great thing to bring up, Greg. And remember, the the, the Bible says it's going to get more and more demonic. Sorcery is going to increase, which again is connected to drug use, but also connected to the demonic realm, the spirit realm. Sorcery is going to increase during the last days, and we're seeing that increase in sorcery. Look, here's how mankind works. God created us to worship. He built into us a desire to worship. 
And so because God knows that what we worship is what we become. And so he is all good and all knowing and all loving. So we worship him. We become good and loving and all that kind of thing. You become what you worship, kind of like you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. And so when when God presents himself, the desire is, is that he can develop that love and that grace and that mercy in us as we worship him and we become family with the Lord of all the universe. But if you reject God, once you reject him, that desire to worship and that desire for spiritual things doesn't go away. Right. It's still there. And that means you've got to fill that void with the supernatural, with the spiritual, with that worship, but not with God, which means the only other avenue you have, although you may not understand that, the only other avenue you have is demonic. It is evil. It is darkness. So when you see this increase, what people are doing, Greg, they're trying to fill the emptiness and the desire for the spiritual and that desire to worship. They're trying to fill it. And since they're not filling it with God, right. they're grabbing whatever they can get to fill it. Some people fill it with sports. Some people right. fill it with drugs and alcohol. You get the idea. Yeah. Um, some people fill it with the other's false spiritual aspects. And that's where tarot cards and Ouija boards and all that stuff comes in. So they draw themselves to it. They open a door to the demonic realm. Um, they try to fill that void. And you're going to see more and more of that in the last days as the world goes darker and there are less and less believers. And then when the church gets raptured, it's really going to go dark and it's going to be just almost totally demonic, except for the Jews that get saved and those that get saved after the rapture. Well, and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about King Saul because Pastor Mark, you know, lest we think that this can't happen to a Christian, when we look at Saul's life, Saul started off great, and then Saul got impatient, and God gave him an instruction, and he denied the instruction, which was, wait for Samuel to show up to do the sacrifice. Right. And he was like, where's Samuel? I've got to get this going on. i got enemies coming after me. i got to go to battle. I'm just, I've seen this done before. I'm just going to do it. So he goes and he does it. And Samuel shows up and basically says, All right, well, you really blew it. Now the kingdom's gone. He would, Samuel basically told Saul, Your kingdom would have been established forever, but now it's not because you disobeyed the Lord. That's right. And now Saul's life led him so far away from the Lord that he goes and he visits the witch at Endor. Yes. So so let's talk about how that can even happen to a Christian. Again, once we turn away from following God and trusting God and seeking the Lord, even a believer can be pulled in the wrong direction. Saul definitely believed in the God of the Bible. He sure he, did. He had a prophet speaking directly to him. <laughs> and yet he, when he, he grieved God's spirit. He wasn't hearing the Lord, and he wanted to get some answers. He runs to witchcraft. He runs to sorcery. He runs to Ouija boards and tarot cards, basically. And he goes and sees the witch at Endor, and of course... Uh, tries to have a seance, which again is another demonic thing, if you will. And this is somebody that started out, Greg, I mean, he was called by God. He was anointed by God, appointed by God. So that's a very good point to bring up. Look, just because you've given your life to the Lord, you know the Lord, you're standing in the things of the Lord. If you don't put up the proper boundaries for your life, you too can be drawn into this mess. And I can be drawn into it. We should never, never let your guard down. Always keep your guard up and realize we shouldn't be messing. Ah, oh, well, it won't mess with me. I'll look at a tarot card. It won't hurt me. Hey, I'll look at a Ouija board. Hey, I'll look at a seance. No, 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 no. Be very, very careful the doors you open. And look, I have an, I know I mentioned yoga earlier. Let me just touch on that. I realize people like to stretch and be healthy, and there's nothing wrong in stretching and breathing right and being healthy. The problem is, as I've seen many people, even Christians, that start getting involved in yoga, if they can't get their Christian yoga class, they go over to the local yoga class that's in town where they're not trying to Christianize it at all. They're doing it exactly the way it's done in Hinduism. And you go, well, that won't hurt me. Oh, really? Be careful. I think Christians should just stay away completely and avoid that because you're opening up a door that can lead you down the road of Solomon and or Saul that we talked about. And it's a dangerous road. 
You know, again, what is the road we should take? Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. And so Jesus is the road we need to take. And we as believers know that. But if you're listening and you don't know the Lord today, and God is speaking to your heart, you say, you know, I'd love to give my life to the Lord. I know that I'm a sinner and I want to repent. It's very simple. Ask God to forgive you right now. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Tell him you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross. Receive his death on the cross for you, his blood. Ask him to be your Lord and your Savior. And don't leave this out. Repent. Mm. Turn from all known sin and follow Jesus. That's the road that will lead you into eternity. And that's where your hope and your joy and your life, not just for now, but forever comes in. So, again, Christians use wisdom. Put up boundaries and walls, not legalism. But wisdom, boundaries and walls to keep you from falling like Saul and Solomon did. And for those who don't know the Lord, it's time to come into the kingdom. This thing's wrapping up. And Jesus awaits right now with his arms open wide. I I, I pray that some would receive that invitation even today. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Mark, thank you so much. Folks, thanks for listening to our broadcast. We are here most every Friday at 1.30 live on WIAM, but you can get signs of the times anytime when you visit thewaymedia.net, where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. You can go into each episode and read the articles that we discuss. There's links in the PDF files. You can go right to the website. We don't, we're not making this up, and we don't have time to make this up. This is really happening. The Bible's really true. We can trust what the Lord says, and Lord willing, you can trust that we'll be here next Friday at 1.30 to discuss more signs of the times right here on WIAM.